I'm on the phone with Jamika early Sunday morning, preparing her for our upcoming interview. I smile as I hear her children's playful laughter in the background, and this sets the tone for our relaxed conversation. We take a few moments and we talk about sex and sexuality as a disabled person, as well as some of the awkward moments she's encountered when a non-disabled person expresses how inspirational she is. Jamika also voices her desire for the disabled community to be better represented in the media. Let us be shown, let us be seen, she says. So spend a few moments with me, meet Jamika Malone. She is sexual, self-assured, and disabled. A lot of times, as a person with disability, we're just overlooked. It's just like, you know, I don't really see people considering our feelings. And that's something that I have recently been encountering. So I have to let it be known. Like, look, I am a human being. Do not treat me like I'm. And, and I've been able to voice it openly. The person that I last encountered, I was able to just like openly describe my, my boundaries, my limits, you know, and just be comfortable in the skin I'm in. I haven't always been that way. I've just been really shy. And now that I've been this way for at least, what, 10 years now, I've learned to basically open my mouth and state my needs and, and realizing like, oh, okay, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Instead of just initially just always getting angry because I'm treated like an object instead of a human being. So, Mika, so, you lost your your right arm in a in a car accident many years ago, right? It was my right hand. I am a below elbow right hand amputee. Um, it was due to a car accident, and my right side was my dominant side. So, did you at some point wear a prosthetic? I did for the sake of aesthetics, because I just wasn't comfortable with myself. And with the prosthetic, the one that I was given initially had a hook on it. And I was scaring kids, little kids. So <laughs> you can only imagine. No kids wanted to be next to me. But now, like, I don't wear one at all. Tell me about some of the groups that you are in, if any. I understand that. Many people with disabilities have this disability culture where they surround themselves with positive people that are like-minded, that support one another. Do you have that same experience? I do. I'm in a, like an amputee girl group, and we meet up every now and then, and we share, you know, how we've been doing and what's been our, you know, discrepancies and how we should handle. So, like, I've... I've gained a lot of feedback on, you know, that group in particular because they're local. And, you know, like we'll message each other and then we'll follow certain people on social media looking at their journey like, like a one-hand, like I follow this lady, she's a one-handed model. And I follow this other young lady, she doesn't have any hands. She does everything by her feet. And I just, you know, 
I feel encouraged because my situation could be a whole lot different. Um, and a lot of the women don't have support. So it's like we're we support each other. We encourage each other. And I mean, I'm just smiling because I'm like, you know, at my lowest times, I could just reach out to them and or, you know, a couple of them and they'll give me something to think about and move forward. Do you all have the opportunity to talk about sex and dating and sexuality in your in your group? Yeah, we do. Actually, we do share our dating experiences and some women, you know, have different orientations than others. And, you know, we talk about those things. I grew up with my parents and my grandparents saying not everybody is the same. You're going to encounter people that are very different from you. Some might have two eyes, some might have no eyes. You know what I mean? Like, just going down the anatomy of how people can be different from you. They might be able to speak, and they might they might not be able to hear you. However, you're supposed to treat everybody with respect. I've been able to break through that and basically state, like, hey, no, this is not how I'm going to be treated. You're not going to think that you can run over me because... I have one hand. Actually, you know, I'm strong. I can handle this situation on my own, you know, and a lot of the women are the same. And I've learned that from actually one particular lady that doesn't have any hands. She does everything from feet. And she talked about her healthy dating relationships. <laughs> like, wait a minute, she is dating. And she shares stories about it, and I feel like, shoot, if she can, if she can do this, so can I. I shouldn't be scared. I just felt like, you know, with me being like this, I was just going to be alone. A common theme that I've heard in learning more about disability and disability culture is that no one wants to be inspiration for getting up in the morning and doing the normal things that anybody else can do. That that's exactly. It's mm -hmm. like inspiration porn. I don't like that. I get that a lot. Yeah. Can you give me an experience that you've had where someone has come up to you and said something? So I work two jobs and the second job is just something that I do in my, pre my free time because um, I like to shop and I like to shop and I like to, you know, work there because I get discounts. However, like when I'm at the register and I'm ringing people up and I'm like using, you know, my, my residuals to move around and do things. And they're like, oh man, you're just such inspiration. I shouldn't be complaining about what I got to do in life. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, the one lady, I just told her, I said, quite frankly, that's rude. You know, I don't want to be your your poster child of inspiration. Some, you know, where I, for me, my inspiration comes from the Lord. Like, I have to pull my inspiration from within. And that's where it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to just idolize me and then just be like, oh, if she could do it, I could do it. You know, like, it's so annoying. I pick and choose when I say it. However, you know, because some people are just ignorant to it. Once I informed them how that could make the person that 
they're saying that too, feels, they, they're like, oh, I just really never looked at it that way. Can you share a positive, empowering experience you've had related to sex and sexuality that you feel comfortable discussing? Yeah, so my positive or empowering situation was with the last encounter I had, and I was just able beforehand to explain my comforts and um, my boundaries. And he was, it was different. It was nice. It was a beautiful exchange. And it was just like, why haven't I been able to discuss this with anyone? I guess because I mean, I feel comfortable. This person made me feel very comfortable within. And, and like I said, this new firm confidence that I have, like that I've been building on for a while, made me comfortable enough to share my, my wants and my needs with this person. And they, they listen. I really appreciated that. And that was something I needed to be encouraged to continue to do what I'm doing or on the path that I am as far as my confidence level. Describe some of the challenges or barriers you faced in your journey with sex and sexuality due to your disability and how you've worked to overcome them. Okay, so like my challenges where I just didn't talk about it. Like it's just something for a long time. It just because it was such trauma about one, it was trauma behind it, this accident. And just feeling like I was in a continuous nightmare or a twilight zone. It just made me uncomfortable just to even speak and share my wants and needs. And I just went through with whatever that person was able to give me and not just be like, you know, oh, no, I don't really like that. Can you not do that again? It was more like, oh, okay, this is what they did, you know. Oh, yay, I'm happy because I was able to get some. But now I've done some therapy. <laughs> I was just some therapy as far as like grief. And being open to my missing limb sisters, because that's what we call each other, missing limbs or nothing missing friends. I've been able to open up my mind and actually speaking about my, my discomforts. And they've helped me be able to navigate that. And like now I'm able to actually look at myself and see a person. So that's how I was able to overcome it. And now I'm just more vocal about it. So speaking your wants, your needs, and being vocal in communication seems to really have helped you along that journey. Very good. Yeah. How do you perceive society's attitudes towards disability and sexuality? And what changes would you like to see in terms of awareness and understanding? You know, like, it would be nice to not have this. Let's go back to social media. You know, like, I don't know how your feet looks on social media, but my feet looks like, you know, the, a certain type of woman. You know what I mean? You know, made up. And I'm doing air quotes, complete. <laughs> but I would like to see 
or society to see more people like me and being open and, you know, like, I like to dress provocative. I like to, you know what I mean? Like, and not feel disgusted when somebody sees me because they see or make it make me feel like I'm not a person. Like, I don't even really know how to say it. Like, it's just, it just makes me feel disgusting. So I wish society would be more open to everybody is different. Like you have your, your plus size women, you have people like me that are, you know, missing a limb and have disabilities. I just wish that people just see the person that's standing in front of them versus what their object or on social media is. And don't put the sexuality into a box, but just be open to what the person is able to give you by communicating with them and asking them what they want and what they need. So what advice do you give to others that may be facing similar challenges as yourself when it comes to intimate relationships and dating with their disability? Being a support group, I feel like that is the best thing that has really helped me is being in a support group, being around like-minded, like people like you. It has really opened my eyes. Like just some of the, like some of their experiences, like some of their experiences were big. But being in a group, a support group, and also having like a support system, like you have your regular friends that, you know, you hang around and they're supportive and that you're able to be open and and have conversations with. I think that is the best thing that you could ever have when, you know, you face some challenges as a dis- disabled person. Thank you for that. So. As, as we wrap up, what are your hopes and aspirations for the future of disability advocacy and inclusivity in the realms of sex and sexuality? That it be more televised. Mm. I mean, watching TV, you see your moms, your two moms, you can see your two dads, but I feel like inclusivity is more of all different types of people. That person could be missing legs and still be a dad, two dads. You know what I mean? Like, show it more. What's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Like, show it. So there needs to be Because more... I feel like if it's more, if it's shown, yeah, if it's shown more, because, you know, like, I grew up with uncles. You know what I mean? I grew up with aunties. I saw that. So when seeing it on TV, it wasn't nothing new to me. You know what I mean? Because I saw that. And then my kids, you know, that was their first time experiencing seeing it on TV. So now when they go out in public, they're used to seeing it. You know, a lot of things can be conveyed by just showing it. And I feel like that, that is the thing to do is just show it. Like, you know, we need love too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I don't, see nothing, I don't see nothing wrong with showing it. I mean, we see everything else. <laughs> let, us, let us be shown. Let us be seen. 
Yeah, there needs to be more media representation and coverage of people with disabilities and the realization that there are people just like everybody else. You know, everybody has something. People have disabilities that are hidden and things that are that, that you don't see, that you don't know about. And then there are things that are visible. And mm-hmm. we, we all got to live the same lives in this world. We just have different sets of circumstances. I'm finding that there's a whole nother subculture of people with disabilities that are into BDSM. I was happy to find that there are people who are comfortable enough to go out there and get what it is they want and desire and not be limited by their disability. I mean, like, I'm like a nudist. I like those. <laughs> I mean, and that's how it took a long time for me to develop to be able to do that. But however, like, I, I love the freedom. And I don't look back from it. Like, and then people are like, wait, you know, oh my gosh, you know, you seem so shy, you seem so, but you're so comfortable. Absolutely. I'm comfortable in my skin. You should be too. I really appreciate you sharing with me today. And thank you for being open. I hope that there's something that you got out of this as well. This is not just one way. And I hope that it helped you in some way to actually realize and have a conversation. Yeah, it really did because like I really haven't I really haven't had anyone to actually ask me those type of questions. It's more general. You know, no I don't think anyone is comfortable with asking me about sexuality. And when Rosalind told me that that's what you were up to, it's like, hell yeah, like I'm sorry. Yes, I am interested. <laughs> because no one ever asks me. I only share with my support group and my girlfriends. But yeah, like it, it's just, I feel like it's just an unspoken little area where nobody wants to touch on. I don't know if people may perceive it as gross. I don't know. But I feel like it should be some discussions about that. Because a lot of people, here's another thing. A lot of men have fetishes about this. Like some of the women that are in my group, they, they are missing lore below the knee, and they ran across some men that want. Can I speak freely? Absolutely. Okay. They ran across some men that like to be pegged with their their residual, which I was like, whoa. But it's just like you know, some men out there have fetishes with women that are amputees. I myself, I don't want to be anybody's fetish because I built myself up to not feel just like, oh, you just with me because, you know what I mean? Like, I want somebody to be with me because they care about me. They see me. They hear me and they need me. Not because I'm just this object. And that's what I mean by I'm not an object. I'm a human being. I'm a person. And I want to be seen as that. We're talking about sexuality on different spectrums. You have your boundaries of where it is that you want to be with it. Other women, if they partake in it, it must be something that they're into that they enjoy doing. But where it becomes disrespectful is Mm -hmm. when you're approaching someone that is not on the same wavelength with you 
and then it becomes a fetish type of situation. It becomes disrespectful. And that's where what you spoke about earlier, communication and having respectful boundaries and communication makes a big difference. And if people go in with that, I think yeah. it, it would be okay. And people need to understand that people with disabilities have sex too. And that's what this is about. You know, the, the right to have sex, whether you have a disability or not. My research is telling me that there was a time where they didn't want people who had disabilities to have sex, or if they were born with some type of deformity. There was a time in, in the 1800s where they were sterilized because they had this belief system that it was hereditary and that it would be passed down to other generations. So thankfully, so much um, knowledge and, and data has been produced since then that they don't participate in that anymore, but we still have a long way to go because disability needs to be more visible. Sex and sexuality amongst disabled people need to be more visible. And like you said, you show everything else on TV, why can't the media show us as well? And I think that's going to change. Do you have any parting words for us? Anything else you want to say before we end? I'm just sitting here thinking like, thank you. Like, I'm, I'm happy because one, it made me open up more. And... This is this this conversation is encouraging, and I feel like there need to be more conversations had about this. And yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. Then, that's all. It makes me feel good that 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 that's important to you, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to do it. So thank you for agreeing to talk with me. No problem. No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye.